What's up, everybody? TJ Schwartz here, here with Lucas Burnley. Welcome back to the Edge and Flow podcast. We missed a couple weeks. We yeah, were having fun. We did some busy. cool things, and <laughs> we're back. Oh, it feels good. That's right. What were we doing? We were doing all kinds of stuff, man. Uh, you and I both have new employees, so that's one. Ate up some time. Um, last weekend, we went turkey hunting. It was awesome. Hunting, not killing. Not 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 catching. Yep. That's for true. Yep. Seeing. Yep. Hearing. Hear, hearing. Tur- we went hearing. turkey hearing. Well, did you ever actually see one? I did not. You never laid eyes on one. There was, I think it was me and Doug and Aaron were the only ones that didn't see it. And, and, and Patrick. You and Patrick saw one. Patrick saw him like two days in a row. Yeah. And he's he was alone, so. I thought he was lying until I Should saw Should we be one. skeptical? <laughs> I was like yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. But no, he, fa- dude, if anyone was going to see one, I believe it would be Patrick because yeah. I was with him for eight hours on the first day. He found two sheds and saw a skunk. He's got good eyes. Yeah. Some people do. They I can know. just, they see it all. He was tuned in. Yeah. Well, I must've been out there with <laughs> freaking those glasses you wear in a, like, in a, like tanning uh, thing. Cause I dude. just didn't see anything. You know, what's funny is I did. So one of the things that we were, we had walkie talkies. And then we realized like we want to be quiet. So everybody's texting each other, which just on like a foundational level, I absolutely hated. I was like, I don't want to look at my phone. Don't want to be like on, on X while I'm doing this. Yeah. Dude, next time we're doing, we're doing mics. Yeah. Walkie talkies with ear mics. Yeah. <laughs> headsets. <laughs> yeah. Headsets. I, my dad and I actually bought those exact headsets for duck hunting. Yes. Back when I was a kid. And back then technology for that stuff sucked really bad. Yeah. And now it's really good. Now it's awesome. even even like AirPods or something. I mean, there's so many ways to do Dude. it now. But yeah, that's, that's I think that's going to be my method. So yeah. I've been hyper focusing on. Well, and, on and <laughs> I do I do see the value in the communication though because it's like you are chasing sounds in the woods and trying to shoot it with a shotgun. Yeah, and it's like I'm I'm smart enough not to shoot it a person, obviously, but like right. knowing where people are at does seem wise if you have five or six people with you. Well, and just where everybody's seeing with Turkey, like everybody's seeing something different and you're like, okay, I'm going to move down the hill, like move in. It's just like real time. Dude, they're, they're smart. Yeah. That was a good trip. So this was, this was basically like, like kind, kind of work, kind of not work. Like this is, I mean, that would be traditional, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We went with uh, a few of the guys from CRKT and it was, it was a really good time. Yeah. In Hood River, Oregon region. Stayed out, stayed out for for a few nights and cook food and was, walked around the woods. It was great. It was great. And it, we were, we were totally glamping. I mean, we were in an Airbnb, so yeah, that's we, what was. we weren't roughing it. That's for sure. I'm going to go. So I, I don't know if I told you this, but I went to retrieve a friend that was stuck in the snow yesterday and I almost hit a Turkey crossing the road <laughs> full on. Like just, I marked it on Onyx too. So now I know. Was it a, a Tom or? Uh, it was a hen, but where there's hens. Toms are following. Dude. Yeah. And it's like, it was great because it's like 40 minutes away. Nice. So I think Bo's going to get a camping trip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to go out Quote and scout unquote for camping. a little while. Yeah. Yeah. There's turkeys north of me, but within an hour from me that I know I see all the time, but I haven't hunted them ever. So oh, man, it was really go, had to go all the way to Oregon to experience <laughs> it. Now, now I can see it. Now I can understand. I'm a, I grew up waterfowl hunting, but it's. I wasn't sure about Turkey cause I'm like, well, I've done a lot of bird hunting, but it's not this. I mean, 
there's almost nothing that compares. They're so different. It's like yeah. two different complete animals. Were you, was it you the one who said like, you know, it's, it's like poor man's elk? Uh, I've like heard that before. You've yeah. heard that phrase yeah. before. Yeah, I've heard that too. I yeah. like it. Yeah, that's good. We just so, need to get a few things on the books. We need to make sure that we like hang out outside of shows and outside of the pod. Yeah, I know. So. I know. And we, we, we missed a downshift this month, at least. Yeah. Unless we do one in the next like 72 hours, which probably won't happen. Well, and you but, said you were thinking that maybe the, the hunting trip was a downshift and yeah. I, I pushed back on that. Yeah, that's a good, it's a good thing to investigate there. Cause the, I guess part of my reasoning for calling it a downshift was I realized that weekend would have been the week that I would have actually done a downshift Same. scheduling wise. And I was like, I can't do a downshift and then disappear turkey hunting. It's just going to blow too many holes in my mm-hmm. situation. So I, I think for me, it was like a scheduling reason. I don't know if I can justify it. I from don't a, like, accept that philosophical. Reason. No, I don't <laughs> accept it because look, look, here's the thing. The, well, in your case, you got driving out of it. You got a lot of driving. Yeah. So that's like part of your downshift. But I would just say like we, st- it was still, there was no, there was no like real creativity. We actually yeah. kind of forced ourselves to not talk about work as much as possible. That was um, and the work that, yeah, uh, <laughs> but the work we talked about, okay, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about work a little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a really, so I've been going through this, um, you know, the coaching program, mm-hmm. interesting conversation yesterday with Terrence and he made a really astute observation that like clicked something in my brain. And he was like, what if he's like, what if you stop looking at work life balance as like, so binary and instantly I was like, you mean like a rancher? Because I have, I've been like setting these things of this is work. This is like not work. Right. Like a rancher. It's like, sometimes you're fixing a tractor. Sometimes you're like out, looking for coyotes. Sometimes you're dealing with, you know, a calf, like sometimes you're hauling hay. Like there's so many different jobs mm-hmm. that if you were to just look at like certain aspects of that as like, this is work falling back into our, what is work conversation. Yeah. And it was, it created some like weird space around it where I was like, huh? Like if you treat career as a lifestyle kind of, yeah. Like yeah. just accept, like, I mean, Maddie and I work together. We have our shop on our property like we have a lot of flexibility around that, but also some like hard, you know, um, kind of obligations. Mm-hmm. But if you, but if I don't look at it like this one-to-one, you know, scenario of like work or like leisure or work or life, mm-hmm. I think it actually removes like a lot of, uh, weird, like pain points. Oh, for sure. For sure. And so. and the division between work and, and life, that's a hundred percent new phenomena. It's like yeah. you went... 200 years ago and you ask any human being lived out living out west or anywhere in the world honestly if you said like when are you working when are you not working yeah. they'd be like what do you mean not working come yeah. again and our lifestyle like, is like closer to that by de- yeah. like in our in our career or in our field it's closer to that it was funny i came in and i was like talking to maddie about it and she's like yeah that makes perfect sense she's like i think on some level she's like that's why i picked you which that was like <laughs> pretty funny she's like you you make something that is like both like artistic and functional. And she's like, historically that just seems like life. Yeah. And I was like, huh? Pretty natural state of being pretty natural state of being. She's been gardening a lot lately and like trying to get like actual food production off of our little piece of property. And it's the same thing. Like I look at that and I'm like, I can't differentiate that between, between that and work. 
Mm-hmm. And so what we've been talking about is like almost just setting it up to like, all right, like the baseline of what needs to happen inside of the business can be accounted for. But if like on a given day, you're like that work is done, you're probably actually better going out and like working in the garden. Mm-hmm. Still yeah, work. For sure. for sure. Okay. First tangent. No, I like it. That's, <laughs> that's accurate. It, no, the, the binary, uh, making things binary that aren't binary in terms of lifestyle is, uh, that's a good point. I'm it's just a hard one, man, because it's so a lot of, a lot of the content around efficiency or time management or like the whole field, like a lot of it comes from like nine to five kind of grinds. And so anytime you input information into a system that wasn't designed for it, like you're going to run into like some problems, like it overall might still work. Like it, there's a lot of truths to it. Um, but at the same time, like it can be modified. A lot of this too is like around like the, like this whole like ADHD diagnosis thing and like digging into it mm-hmm. and trying to like basically hack it. Mm-hmm. So harness it, yeah. harness the so, power. So another, not a tangent, but back to what we mentioned earlier, we did talk about having employees yeah. before and how that was coming. You have had a guy in there for two weeks, you said. Yep. Tell me uh, two it. weeks, four days. So right now he's working. We it like just started really slow. Basically he comes in one day a week, five hours. Um, I think we're going to get up to two days a week, hopefully two eight hour days. Mm-hmm. Dude, I missed it so much. I didn't even realize how much I missed it. Like it just having an extra set of hands in the shop is insanity. Like so far, so far the jobs, like I basically had him run the laser. I set it up. He runs, but he ran it for four hours Mm -hmm. yesterday. Uh, we've slowly been getting our like leather production online. Maddie set up to run coasters and he basically ran a whole shoulder and then stamped a shoulder, like stamped all the coasters. And I look at it and I'm like, that that right there would have been my entire day. And so just mm-hmm. the ability to like delegate that means one, it actually gets done. And two, it gets done in an efficient way. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm happy to hear Dude, that. I did have a tiny quick tangent on the leather. Okay. So you're you're cutting it with a press and yep. stamping clicker. it. So stamping it with a clicker or sorry, cutting it with a clicker, stamping it with a clicker. So when I was doing the combs, which I do kind of think about bringing back mm-hmm. at some point, uh, I came up with a, I don't know if it was my idea, but I think it's something I've seen out there before, but, uh, I use G10 to machine the stamp. G10 mm-hmm. works as a leather stamp really well, lasts mm-hmm. infinitely long. And I had it made to fit inside the clicker die. Dude, and then you're talking about it. You put layers of neoprene inside of the clicker die. Yep. And then you have it stamp and cut at the same time. Yep. And then the neoprene and the, the, the stamping portion ejects the leather. And so you can literally just go junk, 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 and you don't have I'll to pull it out. I'll pick your brain on that for sure. It's, it's, it's like insanely fast. We, I would yeah. do a whole side of leather in an hour. And Dude, it was we, were, we were talking about that exact thing. Maddie was like, is there a way that we can stamp and cut at the same time? And I was like, I'm sure there is. I don't yeah. know what it is. Yeah, so is. we've been, we've been doing Delrin for our dies. Mm. And you can cut it on the laser. Yeah. It's awesome. 
Nice. So you can just basically you create a stamp. You like reverse the image, create a stamp. But what I will do is I will create a stamp that fits inside the die and Give then try that. Give it a try. It makes, makes perfect sense. Seems like there's some like, like some setting, like you would have to have like your dimensions, like super dialed. Yeah. I can show you. I, I had a couple of little tweaks I had to okay. do to get it to work. The nice thing too, is it, it eliminates the possibility of the stamp not lining up. That's my favorite part. It, it's like, it's just yeah. guaranteed. It's just yep. guaranteed. Well, and that's like, that's such like a basic premise right there, which is like, just eliminate any margin for error. Yeah. yeah. So, dude. Well, I'm happy you have that employee in there, man. It's it's cool to see. It's a, it's a game But it changer. makes me, it like makes me want more like instantly. I was just like, yeah. The power. There's like delegation. A big part of my, my brain power right now is diverted to like resisting certain urges and having like, planning to have too many employees too fast is one mm-hmm. thing I'm like being really, really careful about. Um, so I got the first full timer starting on Monday and I'm thinking a lot about it. Cause I'm like, I need to make, I just, I don't even want to think about two employees. I'm trying to push right. that out of my mind. Cause I I'll find myself like going that efficiency route and thinking about delegation and to, you know, more than just one person. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm trying to resist. I'm trying to just focus on one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also be aware that there there's a point coming. And I think for me pretty soon where the, I will stop. Um, and maybe it's one employee, maybe it's as many as like three, but my, my heart seems to tell me that it's like between one and three, or maybe my gut tells me that for a max. Interesting. But, Cause I'm not trying to build, I don't want to be a, a bench made, you know? Uh, let me, don't. let me ask you like a roundabout question here of the small shops that you've been in that are doing like higher production numbers. What's the average number of employees? I don't know of very many shops that are run the way I am running that I've right. been in. Right. There's know, it's not, it's like apples to oranges kind of. Yeah. Thing. Cause that, most of the ones I've seen, they're growing more than what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're like aiming higher as far as volume goes. Mm-hmm. I I'm aiming lower than most of the people I talk to. Mm-hmm. And so usually if they only have a couple employees, it's like, they're working towards the next one at all times kind right. of thing. Yeah. So Ugh. it's just a different philosophy. You can't be in a growth state a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Well, you I mean, can. I guess some people are. Yeah. Some people yeah, are. But for how long? I mean, and at what cost? Yeah. There's a, there's a human cost to that there's for a human sure. Cost, right. Yeah. I like the idea that I just like that as small as possible. Yeah. As big as necessary. I just, I don't want to make my whole life a loss leader. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You know like I mean? always just waiting for it to be profitable. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Yeah. Like, oh, it's going to be so profitable if I have X, Y, Z set up. And then you get to that point and you're like, well, it's, I just, if I finance one more thing, if I, you know, hire one more person, you know, like it. Dude, that, well, a, and that's hedonic a treadmill. That's yeah. a hedonic treadmill around work, mm. which again, if we're talking about this, like work life fusion for us is like basically the same thing. Like it doesn't really, like I get as excited about, new tooling in the shop as I do about like any other thing that I could possibly purchase. Mm-hmm. That means that I have to be careful Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like with it. You know? And I, I've also tried to think of like throwing either money or labor yeah. at something is a last resort. Yeah. So I'm, I try to solve every problem at every angle until yeah. the only thing that'll solve it is money or labor. Yeah. Um, and it's the harder way to do it because you know, in the modern world, it's actually pretty easy to throw money at a problem. Yeah. Um, and I try money, you know, just 
efficiency and organization can go so far yeah. with, with a pretty small amount of equipment and labor. I would say like gut response would be that like, okay, money as a backup is great. Money mm-hmm. as a primary solution, not great. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think there's efficiency there that wouldn't exist if you're just like, oh, I can afford the next machine. Like I'm yeah. just going to buy that. So here's another thought then. If you, if you have this idea of like one to three full-time employees, does that include like support employees? Because say, is that one to three employees in the shop floor or is like no, one of those people? I'd say one to three total. One to three total. Because right now, like it, I mean, it's so far away to even think about, but if it was three, one of those people would be more of like a shipping office yeah. scenario. I think there's yeah. like, I think there's like weird metrics around like employees too of like where the, like where it gets more difficult and then like where it lightens up. So my question was going to be like, maybe an exercise you could do is like, look at like, just kind of try to figure out what each employee like would create. So like, I would look at like the as small as possible thing would be like, I want it to be as small of a team as possible that still lets me walk away mm-hmm. for X amount of time. Yeah. That would be like, that would be really interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where you're like, all right, I'm going to go for a month. And I know that employee one is going to handle this and two can be a backup. Mm-hmm. Like, so you've got like margins of, you know, some redundancy. Yeah. And, and I, to that point, like I have no concept of being a, a like a silent owner. It's just yeah. not in my blood, but a silent owner for two weeks, a month, yeah. every once in a while, like that yeah. does sound pretty nice to just yeah. say, you know, shoot me a text. If you got a problem, yep. see you in, a, see you in 30 days or whatever. Yep. yep. Accessible, um, but not like necessary. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be great. You know. And so, yeah, Monday at Dalton is his name starting with me. He's I think going to be, awesome i'm really this is full so he's never worked a day in the shop uh he's come in i brought him in uh, once and then he was in my shop again just talking um but he i had him making sheaths for me one day just for a while um and just kind of talking honestly i know the thing is i don't really have to there's certain things i know i don't have to really investigate with him because Mm -hmm. he makes he makes a lot of cool stuff on his own so i can see just based on his work already what what he's capable of from his like eye for detail yeah, but but part of it is just like I just want to get to know know this guy, talk to him, make some stuff together. Like that's kind of what I was looking for. Um, and it, it the click was there enough where I was I was super pumped, and we went ahead and signed some paperwork and full, full steam ahead. So he's he's coming in, and I was going to mention there's there's this one dilemma that I have that kind of came about, and that is there's a pile of stuff that I I want to delegate pretty early. Um, there's work waiting. I've kind of got a hopper of stuff like the raw materials are here. Everything's here. All the fixtures are set up and it occurred to me. I was like, I've been so, I've been looking so small ball, like looking at so many fine details Mm -hmm. that I realized I'm like, okay, he's going to show up. I'm going to delegate this. I've been focused on that. And I think like, okay, in two weeks, three weeks, let's say he is operating like autonomously on these things the idea is for me to be freed up to think more macro. Mm-hmm. And it was like, when I kind of sat back, I was like, okay, what are those macro things? I kind of felt like this weird vacuum and this weird, like emptiness of like, uh, uh what am I going to do with my time? Right. Because mm-hmm. it was like, I've been so in this trench that to go stand up and do, and like look more macro just felt weird. And so I, I sat down and I just opened up like a Google doc. 
I started making a list of like, I put macro to-do list at the top and I just started putting macro things that need to be looked at and need to be done. And once I had Mm -hmm. the list, I felt a lot better, but there was like a whole week where I hadn't made that list yet. And I was like, what am I going to do if I delegate this, you know, and it felt weird. So approaching that, it's like just as much a training for him as it is a training for me of like, what's the new workflow for me? Yeah, that's well, and that's the thing. Like, I will be very impressed if you guys just like hit the ground running and you're efficient. It might just be the way that like my brain works. But like when I have someone new in, I notice that I'm just like, I can't fully disconnect. There's more questions. There's more like I'm going to like check in on what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just not as smooth of a process. And like I get I just get distracted. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I felt that cause I've had part-time help and I think yeah. that's what I found. I think that's when I immediately realized I needed a full timer is it's like, if it's too intermittent for certain types of things, yeah. I was, I was noticing that I wasn't being all that productive when I yeah. had them. And so it was like, if I'm not all that productive when I have them here, why don't, why am I not just doing it? You know what I mean? So yeah. it just, it was yeah. like, if you I have lose a full- your own productivity to gain someone else's on a task that warrants someone else's but that you could do faster. Yeah. So the key is really like, you just have to be able to stay productive yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So th- once you pass like the initial stage. And, yeah. And that's why I made that list is just to, I got to, I got to force myself to make the switch. And mm-hmm. I was doing that today. I've got the part-timer. He, he's working all the way through until this new guy starts. Oh, so nice. He, uh, Steven's out there making sheets like right now. Um, and today I was kind of going through that list starting on the first item. So I was doing a bunch of, there's some website stuff. I wanted to work on my copy and work on some, the structure of the store and stuff and working on the business instead of in the business. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's so the, that is the, that, those are like the funny points where like doing this, like kind of trying to hack my hyper focus. I'm looking at, I'm like, man, that like at some point I'm just going to schedule a month of shop upgrades mm-hmm. because the problem is like, once I start doing something, I get wrapped up in it. And I have a very hard time stopping. Yeah. And if I try to chip away at things, my brain like doesn't really work very well that yeah. way. It's like too many irons in the fire. Yeah. Um, but like, dude, at this point, setting a budget and like a chop list and just like working on the shop yeah. for a solid month. But I think I could do that. And then I truly think I could disconnect mm-hmm. um, from that and like walk away. And I think it's like overall... Overall, in the course of a year, if I let some of these like hyper focus, which you and I like were trying to kind of dig into a while back and calling them like deep dives. So like my deep dive is actually just a hyper focus. If I can do a few of those a year and just allow it, I think it makes a more productive year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's to that point. One of the things I put on that list was a maintenance schedule because every machine or every piece of equipment has some sort of maintenance thing with it, whether it's like double checking the oil level on your auto oilers, you know, changing filters on the air compressor belt on the air compressor, like things that right now is just kind of like whack-a-mole. And that's something I was never going to really be able to handle with my bandwidth. But now that I have employees, I can put it on there and just be like, okay, I'm going to systematize this. I'm going to spend a deep dive two days Yep. And either research some program with like alarm reminders yep. or maybe it's just a spreadsheet. I don't know, yep. but that's what I need to dig into. Dude, even just calendar. Like yeah. You just set it reoccurring, reoccurring, yep. like a change oil once a month. Well, and the funny thing is like, I think a lot of people would look at it and go, okay, I'm going to have the new guy do this. Mm-hmm. The reality of it is 
that type of maintenance, in my opinion, at the scale that we're at is best done by us because you're actually going to be the one to notice if there's some other problem. Mm -hmm. Unless someone is like super careful, like you're just not going to notice if something's getting worn out or if there's like an, you know, like, I don't know, leaking an airline. Like it's just a different, yeah, it's like founder's dilemma, right? Yeah. My dad had a phrase he was talking about just recently. I think it was systematize the things that can be systematized so that everything else can be humanized. Oh, that's good. Because if there's things that are dumb, obvious, like you need to change the oil on the compressor X every X amount of days. Yeah. It's like, if it takes human energy to remember that, yeah, it's a waste of human energy. It's like that human energy should be like a more human task is what that should be doing. Not trying to remember this stuff. No, no, you want Yeah. Well, it's like, um, don't solve the same problem twice. Yeah. It's like a similar thing. Like once you know that you need to change the oil, Mm-hmm. And you need to do it every X amount of hours yeah. or, you know, put it on a calendar. You never have to think about it again. That frees up your cognition to work on something more important. Yeah. And something that isn't systematized at all. You know, like yeah. thinking about your brand, you're not going to sit there and have a spreadsheet for how your vision is going to work for the next five years. Like that's yeah. a human process. So it's like having human time aside is you earn that by systematizing everything else. You're not an, I know you're not an iPhone guy. I know you're not Apple not. in general. Okay. Um, do you over there in the Luddite side of things have, <laughs> do you have any type of AI voice assistant on your phone? On your headset? Uh, I mean, go, uh, Google. Okay. Not, not Siri, lately. Yeah. Lately. I've, I never used Siri lately. I started using her because I realized that if I picked up my phone and put a note in it, a lot of times I would like go down a rabbit hole on something else. And so lately I just, I'm using Siri and I'm like, Oh man, that's actually, I wear, I wear AirPods all the time. I literally just record voice memos or notes. That's cool. And it's faster than this is the first time where it's, I'm, I'm like actually finding a value over not just using Mm -hmm. my notebook, which is always within like eight inches of my hand. Yeah. Yeah. So I do have a Google home, which is like mm-hmm. the Google version. That's just like a little speaker that you put mm-hmm. in your house. But I put one in the shop and the, mm. actually the main thing I use it for out there is timers. Mm-hmm. So when I'm doing Kydex and things, if I need to know cool down timing, oh, you know, say, hey, Google, blah, 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 set a timer for X amount of time. And then I can just go back to work and I don't have to like Dude, fumble. Yeah, genius. Because you always, you know, you put something in the Tumblr and you're maybe I have a timer on my Tumblr that turns it off. But if you back when I didn't, right. if I said, Hey, Google set a timer for two hours, put it in there. Then it is, like I said, you systematized it so that you don't, I didn't even have to look at my watch. I can go do something else completely do something. So totally human. Yeah. And then boom, the timer goes off. All right. Pulling it out. Yeah. So yeah, that that's, I've only used it for timers, but the notes thing, that's a good point. It's kind of, it's just a similar, it's the exact same thing. It's like you have the ability to say to give a command, hear it heard, and have it acted upon. Just vocalizing it sets that in motion. Mm. But are like, I'm sure that there's a lot of people, like probably some people listening that are like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Like it's so obvious. I do that all the time. But my brain doesn't work like that. Yeah. I'm not used to it. Like I'm used to writing down a note. Mm-hmm. Um, do you listen to the podcast um, Hidden Brain? A couple, a few. Okay. Uh, they just had one on like, um, like why we forget and how to remember more. And it was pretty interesting. There's yeah. like different types of 
different, different like mechanisms for forgetting information. Really? And I thought that was really, because you think like, oh, it's just like, yeah, you forget it. But there's actually like different like levels and ways mm. that we forget things. Wow. I, yeah, I need to listen to that. It's a good one. I, yeah, I, I'm relatively forgetful. And so setting alarms, yeah, like on my phone is one of the things. I had a dentist appointment this morning mm-hmm. and I knew I was like, tomorrow morning, I got a dentist appointment. I'm going to get out in the shop. I'm going to start working with my employee. There's a good chance I'm going to miss it. And so I went ahead and put an alarm in there. I've, I will forget stuff like that almost yeah. more than half the time if I don't do something. Same. So it's hard, man. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things to remember. There is. Nick Rossi always says there's a lot of steel in that steel. <laughs> and, and so like, I, f- I find myself using that, like there's a lot of information in that information. Like, yeah. It's just a lot, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. Folksy wisdom. So, so having this employee mm-hmm. for two days that you, that you want to have eight mm-hmm. hours a day, do you think, like we, we bounced around it, but do you think having more than one employee or going full time with somebody is a real thing? The, I'm the hang up right now. The reality is that like our business fully warrants a full-time employee. Like we're at a, we're, we, I mean, dude, I, there's not a point where I haven't had an employee other than this for like the last decade. Mm-hmm. It was just always part-time. <clears throat> I'm the weakest link in the chain, but as I'm getting better with CAD as I'm getting better with my machining, like it's almost a foregone conclusion. Like I'm a couple steps away from being able to like do something that would bog me down to where that was all I could do. Mm-hmm. At that point, I'm essentially close to the same boat that you are, which is just like, okay, like there's capacity that I can't do. The question is if I want to do that, if I'm built for it, mm-hmm. um, and, and we also have like other areas of the business. And so I'm like, do I hire like at this point, like getting leather online, like we could have one employee that just was in charge of leather. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that idea, you know? And I think we could make that a full-time position like pretty quickly. Oh yeah. But if we do that, then I don't have a shop assistant. Yeah. And I don't know that the two people are the same employee because yeah. the jobs are different. So that's a, it's a hard, it's a really hard question. Um, yeah. The, my gut response is that muscle memory is kicking in and I'm just really enjoying having help Yeah, and I'm dude. starting to not dread. Like I know there's jobs coming up that are like bigger, like big drops of side pops and stuff like that, where it's like, okay, this is where I can use an extra, you know, pair of hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and things that there's, there's jobs that I really, really want to focus on that maybe don't like pay on the immediate level. And the reality is like having help is a way to achieve that. It's mm-hmm. that macro focus of like, yeah, cool. I'm going to like disappear into this, you know, CAD, you know, vortex for get, the next two weeks. Get yourself a macro to-do list. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause I have a to-do list out in the shop that I had kind of like things in the shop that need to happen production wise in the next two months or so. Yep. And I, I did it with all the bullet points and I highlighted all the stuff that I was going to hire out that I was going to basically train a, an employee for. So mm-hmm. all that, you know, highlighted stuff that way an employee could come in and be like, see, here's our goal. But that's just like 
make sheaths, assemble sheaths, you know, mm-hmm. assemble knives, tumble knives, sandblast, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like granular stuff, like mm-hmm. very literal list. Um, and I, that was when I realized like there's another list that needs to exist that doesn't have anything to do with that. Cause I was in my head when I made that list, I was like, well, there's things I need to do. What would you consider a macro list? Like, give me a breakdown of like, you have a normal to-do list. You just kind of gave the, the example for that. I'm going to, I'm going to bring What's it up. up. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I've got it. I do everything Google Docs. I'm Google owns me, so hey Siri. I guess once uh once Remind they get hacked, you guys are all gonna to know. do list. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so web like website. There's a bunch of website cleanup I need to do. Um, I want to clean up my accounting because I just became an S corp. Yeah, and it, I've got it set up, but I have a there's some things that in this transition I've kind of left a little bit messy mm-hmm. in ter- as far as like bookkeeping. So I want to clean that up. Um, there's some power stuff. Like I have a couple extension cords run in my shop that I don't like. So I want to actually go out there and like figure out ways to do that more cleanly. Um, Cause there's you run anything from the ceiling, not power. Dude, I that's, could. I, I've yeah. been doing it in my shop and I just have, I have some outlets in the ceiling, but yeah. even with wall outlets, like you just take electrical, whatever, like the eyelet little loops, yeah, screw it up and then do a drop. Well, what, what's got me is like, we put, so I had an electrician help me when I put the new outlets in my shop. Mm-hmm. We did by code. You have to do GFCI because mm-hmm. it doesn't have a finished floor. I guess that's the code. Mm-hmm. Well, the GFCIs don't like electric motors. They specifically so, don't like electric motors with variable frequency. Drives. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've got all, and so I've got, I like had one outlet that wasn't a GFCI cause my grinder would not start on the GFCI. So yep. I've had to run extension cords. So I need to pull a bunch of outlets out and go back to a standard outlet. So in other words, part of it is just the plugs are where they need to be. Cause I designed them that way, Yeah. but they're GFCI and they won't work. Yeah. And so I'm, so pretty- we ran into the same thing, like dig into this for a little bit. Mm-hmm. The way around that was I had to mark the outlets cause we were still dealing when we were going through permitting. Yeah. And I was like, look, I can't run a GFCI. And he's like, well, you have to. I'm like, yeah. but I can't. Doesn't he's work. Like, he's like, all right. So you have to, there was like some, there was like some annotation that had to happen. Like I had to list what tools were on it and mark that it wasn't like a GFCI and then just put that piece of tape next to the outlet. Like that was what satisfied the need in permitting. Hmm. Um, yeah. It was crazy. Cause it took me a while, like to, figure it out. I'm like, I plug my grinder and my grinder doesn't work. Like my brain didn't automatically go to the brand yeah. new outlet. Yeah. No, that, that exact same thing happened to me. And I called the guy, <laughs> the electrician guy. And he was like, yeah, man, some, some things don't like GFCI. It's like a frequency thing. I don't know. So yeah, my Mar- air conditioner market. doesn't like it either. Yeah. Market and then run up through the ceiling. I just do yeah. like, you can go to Harbor Freight and get like the 25 foot, like three prong extension cords. Mm-hmm. They have a light in them which is awesome, dude, a Velcro uh, cable tie. So you can get it up out of your way when you don't need it mm-hmm. and just drop it in the middle of the room. That's awesome. I, I do need to do that. Yeah. Uh, so like the power, uh, I want to organize my storage. I've got a bunch of bins coming from Uline. In fact, they might be out in front of my house right now. I ordered nice. some, found out I loved them, and then ordered two different other colors so that I can color code because I'm going to have <clears throat> bins that are in shop bins that are stuff moving a different color moving in and out of vendors. So going to heat treat, 
going to surface grinding, oh, wow. water so you're jet. ship in the bin? Is no, that, not, or no, I don't okay. have to ship anything. So okay. everything's in Boise. So it's just transportation. Oh, right. Okay. Um, oh, dude, that's amazing. And, and then, and then I'm going to have a color that's like, these are finished because it's like, I, w- I will get into the, uh, to the per- time period where right now I've been assembling every order one at a time and it gets assembled and ends up all the way in its final packaging for USPS. Mm-hmm. And then I start the next one. And so the assembly includes like all the way to the shipping label. When I have the employee mm-hmm. doing it, I need him to be able to assemble like 20, 30, 40, 50 knives that have like stickers on them with the order number or whatever we figure out. But mm-hmm. that means I need a way to hold sharp finished knives mm-hmm. without them like piling up. So there's going to be a color of a bin that's like, these aren't in process. These are finished. Mm-hmm. So there's like, a color for finished, a color for heading out of the shop, and then a color for more of like storage so in process. Cool. So that's on here. I got to I got to put more planning into that. I need prints because they, I'm going to have this guy running machines. I need more prints. There's some things that are just tribal knowledge that I've had mm-hmm. in my head. Need that on paper. Uh, just uh, developing some new products, more YouTube videos. Uh, got to get. I want my trade show exhibit, which I'm going to Blade Show West this year and exhibiting. I need to start thinking about that of how that exhibit is going to look because I got a booth space. Dude, I love um, it. And then develop some marketing things I want to develop. And then, yeah, stuff like that, you know, that it's not like you're out there, you know, sandblasting a knife and you're like, okay, the next thing I need to do after sandblasting the knife is work on organizational management. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just. Welcome to my brain. It's, it's a different thing. <laughs> right? That's exactly what my brain does. Right. <laughs> well, dude, a macro to-do list. Give it a shot. I love it. Yeah, I kind of have that in general. I have multiple to-do lists, but that would fall under like shop upgrades. Or yeah. you have a, you have a couple things in there, like new product that's different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like revolving schedule. Yeah. In the business, so, on the business. So I'm going to be supporting my employee. Yeah. There's a couple things on production that I'm absolutely still going to do mm-hmm. as far as I can see into the future. Mm-hmm. And then this is going to become... 80% of my work is like the things I just listed and then beyond for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I could, man, it's like part of me, like I go back and forth on it because I like the work, like the work is a means to an end, but it's also the work, which I enjoy. Yeah. And if I was to be able to work on the shop and improve systems, I would like it. If I was to have to manage employees, just be a manager, I wouldn't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I know I don't like it. Um, yeah. So that like, that's where that, that scaling thing really comes into play is like at a point you need a decision maker, Yeah. not top level decisions, but you need like mid management. Don't come to me unless it's a decision yeah. over $500. Yeah. Problem kind of solving thing. ability mm-hmm. is what you need. Yeah. Like, Oh, you yeah. need end mills. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, there, you know, we're ordering animals or whatever yeah. it is, or yeah. you get a report at the end of the week for some yeah. of the stuff. But yeah. And my hope is that I can Kanban everything with lean, you know, like with the, yeah. with the, with that so that it, so they, I don't think at least for now that my employee would have to be involved in ordering right. yeah. if that system is fully out operational, yeah. Yeah, but that's on me to get that f- so operational that they always have what they need. Um, but decision-making for me, for, for that person is I, for me is like, okay, there's a little anomaly happening with the Kydex. Like, is it too hot? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like figure that out. You know yeah. what I mean? Cause yeah. it's like, it's always a learning curve and there's a lot of questions, but like being able to f- realize like, Oh, 
it's summer and this thing's running hotter yeah. and they're not cooling down as fast, you know, like yeah. solving problems like that. Yeah. And not just continuing to make parts that yeah. have some issue. Like if it yeah. feels weird, it is weird. Yeah, probably. exactly. Yep. We should, we should set a calendar reminder to follow up in, what do you think? Three or six months? Because um, what I think is going to happen, I think we're going to talk about employees for a while. And then I think they'll, it'll just be pretty normalized and we'll stop talking about it because it'll yeah. just be like workflow. Mm-hmm. But I think we should just like kind of put a pin at a yeah. point to yeah, review. Yeah. yeah. What we've learned. Six months. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. I like that. So if you had a macro to do list, if you had a blank piece of paper in front of you, what are some things? Uh, man, I have a bunch of half finished systems. The problem is the systems all require time and money. Um, I've actually been thinking about this a little bit. So like ultimately say, say I do a hyper focus on the shop for a month. It would range from, okay, I know I need blinds in the shop. So that means I need to trim out my windows. I want to finish my forging area. Um, I need some shelving on the walls. I need cabinets on the walls. It, it, for the most part, it's infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like my little manual mill needs a DRO. The, the problem is that when I look at all of the jobs currently, I actually get overwhelmed and like my brain fries out mm-hmm. because there's so much to do. Yeah. But if I could exist in that space only for a while, they would just, I think it would just like leapfrog because like yeah. object in motion, like once you start doing maintenance, you're doing maintenance. Yeah. It's easier to do the repairs. The right tools are out. You're already making runs to depot. Like you're already ordering stuff from yep. Granger. You're you're just rolling. Yep. Yep. Um, so that is actually kind of my macro list is going to be framed in a way of essentially like a period of time. Because my list, when I just have a list with like objects on it, it's very hard for me to get it done. So that's like one of the hacks that I'm trying to do, which is like Mm -hmm. came up with Terrence yesterday as well, which was like, okay, so we know that you have this tendency to like, you can't focus on things you don't want to focus on. And it's really easy to focus when you, when you want to, he's, he's like, you can frame it in the way that what is damaged by you hyper-focusing. So he's like, if he's like, you know, he's like, look at the business and talk to Maddie and see like, okay, if I'm doing this for a month, what systems suffer? Mm-hmm. And that was a really good way to look at it because like, of course I would prefer, that's like my, my preferred method of working, but I've always felt guilt around it because mm-hmm. there's so many things that I feel like I should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, I'm going to start to like, give it a try. So like right now I know that I put things off until the very end. Like we were, we were talking about that. Like I didn't practice Turkey calling until I was in the truck on the way up to the mountain. You know what my solve for that was? Not have a call. Let you guys <laughs> call. <laughs> well, a lot of good it let, did us, man. Let you guys scare them off for me. <laughs> I, I know, man. <laughs> oh. But point point being, so like I have a show in July. I have one show this year. We're also going to France. I have a feeling that if it would be very easy for me to wait for like till we're three months out from going to France and then I'll start show prep. I don't want to do that. And so what I'm actually doing is saying like, okay, this is, this is the primary focus. So deep dive becomes show prep. So I'm starting show prep today for a show 
in July. And that is a first for me in there. There, there was something else that came up that was like pretty fun, which was active recovery. So here's edge and flow as a, as like the term of the podcast, I'm actually seeing something that I never realized before. Um, I think that maybe flow state affects people who are neurotypical the way that hyperfocus affects people who have ADHD because when I look at, there's like there's like seven triggers for hyperfocus or or sorry there's seven triggers for flow state it's basically everything that like gets me into like a hyperfocus spiral and it feels really similar where mm-hmm. i feel flow state is things that are like surfing where it engages you want to you want to hear what the seven yeah you want to hear do. what the seven triggers are right, i'm going to pull it up so it's going to like take me a second but um let's see flow state triggers jamie pull it up yeah <laughs> dude someday <laughs> Okay. We need to have a podcast on that too. Uh, okay. So seven conditions of flow. Okay. It's like actually pretty simple. Okay. It's knowing what to do, knowing how to do it, knowing how well one is doing, knowing where to go. If navigation is involved, high perceived challenges and freedom from distractions. That's the big one. Those are like, those are the flow state triggers. That last one is insanity with ADHD. If I can hit that one, the problem is the distraction. So once I can hit that, like that focus point, dude, all distractions go away, including like eating, sleeping, uh, you know, remembering to like talk to family. So there's like some, there's some problems around it. But again, it's like, you can look at some of this stuff and be like, all right, well, this is, this is an issue or it's just like an asset that I have to like use cautiously. And another thing with the distraction, how big of a role do you think guilt plays in distraction? Like how is that a driver for a lot of distraction? Because for me, sometimes I feel like it is because it's like the thought of someone else needing something from you. Yeah. Is a driver for a lot of distraction. Yeah. And then you feel selfish if you shut that out. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's, dude, it's like an endless, there's, I think there's a lot of drivers in there, but yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think around some of this stuff, like that method of working, I know is the most functional for me, but I have always had guilt around it because I felt like I was incapable of completing some other obligation. The reality is not quite that. It's just that I don't, I don't know what it is. So It'll be interesting. It's like kind of, it's just adapting. I mean, that, that is for me, like key to successful business and life in general is like the ability to adapt, to not fight a weak position and to like Mm -hmm. work with the tools that you have in the most efficient way. And it's really hard if you don't know what those are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. So yeah, no, just when you were describing that, I was kind of thinking about that distraction thing. And I, it, it, it occurred to me, like, I think the downshift is a way of doing this, yes. but it's like, I think what might be at the root of the downshift for me 
is let go of the guilt of feeling selfish. Hundred percent. You know what dude. I mean? Yes. That because the the like not especially when you have like family, kids, you got business, you got customers. Yeah. You've got emails. You got people that want designs yeah. from you. You got everything, and then it's like the it's like you force yourself to be distracted by those things yeah. out of guilt. Yeah. And so maybe that's a true tenet of the downshift is like be kind of selfish. And Oh, I think I, I, I don't 100% agree. Trip. That's why like yeah. for me, I've always said like, I don't want it to be around work. I don't necessarily hang on. I got a cough. Don't necessarily want it to be around like sports or like some mm-hmm. type of like very specific activity. Mm-hmm. It's the freedom to do nothing and to think. And for me at this point, that is is involving like being in creative spaces Yeah. right now for you, that might be just being in your car for five hours. But if you tell, you know, if you tell Becca, like, Hey, I'm going to go for a five hour drive. Yeah. You would feel guilty. There's a, just the guilt is the strongest distraction. Like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's, yeah, that's, yeah, when the busier life gets, the more people rely on you, the yeah. more that comes in. And, and and the the more you need it. And so this actually, so this plays into like this, this thought, right? So don't know that that's accurate. This is my own like observation in the ways that I feel that I both feel true flow states and then hyper-focus. And I'm starting to see some differences, mm-hmm. whereas before I did not. Um, Terrence brought up this concept of active recovery being necessary for flow states Mm. and it like clicked so well with just like this the hyper focus thing because when you're done you're done you're drained and it's like a little burnout Mm -hmm. so the act of recovery is that like shift of doing something that you're looking forward to doing that is like active in a different way that is essentially like palate cleansing like going camping with the kids Mm-hmm. Something where it's like, you know, they're going to have fun. You can detach from work. You can detach from the focus or, or the flow. And that, that, oh man, it's like, so I just, I just feel like so much of life right now is like figuring out how to engage like self-care so that you can be like high performing because mm-hmm. everybody wants to be high performing and have it cost nothing. Yeah. Like you want to be able to sleep four hours, like, you know, do an hour in the gym, work 12 hour days, like, and spend time with your family. And I mean, yeah. Is that a possibility? Like without true, like without recovery, without rest, without without, limitless pill, dude, Mm -hmm. when it's out, (laughs) I will be on. I want that other 90%. (laughs) Give it to me. I know. Oh, okay. That was a good tangent. Uh, but you also brought up, you brought up uh downshift again. So yeah. are we going to do it? Uh, yeah, let's, uh, so I got the new pl- employee coming in. I know I probably, I do think having a downshift with him is going to be awesome. First day, first day you're on. Right? Your own. <laughs> <laughs> but I will, I probably will give it like two weeks okay. to get settled in. Um, and then probably after that. So that puts us middle of May. Okay. I'll probably take mine pretty soon. We staggered the last one. And that's actually kind of fun. Yeah. I think, I think just from a, from a process standpoint, I think it's good to do some together and stagger some. Yeah. Yeah. So no, for sure. I, like I, I got to tell you, I hit flow state while we were turkey hunting. Yeah. And 
the reason it occurred to me this whole that that point of like the the guilt thing uh-huh. is like we were kind of we were out there on the mountain we were texting each other we were like yeah. collaborating yeah you know what i mean and we got into this one spot and i laid behind this log waiting <laughs> and i didn't have phone service right there you probably remember this oh i do remember yeah uh, and and i i like was trying to text you guys and i was like i got two things i can get frustrated at my phone right now or I can just realize if they need me, they're going to walk over here and get me because they know where I am. And so I was like, I I like put my phone down and I picked up a stick and with turkeys, I'm like expecting to hear them come. Right. And so I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and listen and just whittle. And like, and then sure enough, I see Aaron, like, I don't know, an hour later, come walk over there. And it it was that I was in a flow state, uh, like whittling that stick. And that's where I do think I had, I think being out of service actually allowed that. Hundred, dude, absolutely in that, in that moment, and so yeah. I I can hear what you're saying because the phone is the critical. If 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 you're on a mission, yeah, the communication is key. Yeah, but it does eliminate it because, like I said, it's if you don't respond and you just go rogue, like yeah. it feels selfish. Right, and you can't go into flow state if you're feeling selfish. Oh, that's an interesting. You know I mean, so that's actually what triggered that thought, huh? Yeah, that makes. I think definitely that would. I would guess that there just like there are triggers to engage flow state, there are probably like mm-hmm. triggers that inhibit. Yeah. Right. So I think that, guilt. I think that's my biggest one for sure is like, if I'm in a position, like for example, on an airplane, I always seem to hit flow state mm. and it's because no matter what anyone needs from me, I, there's no way I can give it to them. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. so if, if I'm in a position where I could answer an email, where I could answer a phone call, where I could do something, then I, have a hard then you time will do something then I will or I'll sit there and be guilty feeling that I'm not even if I'm doing nothing you know what I mean doing nothing is awesome so leaving Just phone service is probably a good thing for me yeah dude I had one of the best naps I've had in a long time I like dude. I was out in like a sunny feel there's a log I fell I laid down I fell asleep the weather I woke dude. up to a turkey oh yeah gobbling and I was like this is amazing it was like 65 degrees. I still like, had coffee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, it was, so good. It was I'm really going to go back at least once. Really good. Yeah. This season. I got to mm. do it. All right. Camping trip. We got to get the, we got to get the kids together. I yeah, think. we do. Dude, I think doing, I think getting Delta and Winston together would be really fun. Like all, most of my friends I've gotten together with their kids are like Bo's age. Yeah. So it'd be fun to like actually take Winston out and like, I don't know, meet, meet somewhere in the middle and just camp for yeah. a night or two. Yeah. What's that place that we talked about going camping before, uh, by LaGrand, LaGrand around there probably pretty um, cool. LaGrand. Yeah. I don't know my way around well enough yet. Like with John uh, Day, like John Day, John Day kind of, that's yeah. What I, okay. Yeah, John, like John Day. Day would kind of be in the middle. Yep. That's, that's what I was thinking. Um, take so a look at, look at fossils. Can I tell a weird story? Lay it on me. I'm driving over there to meet you guys. I'm going through LaGrand beautiful place like the mountains i was really digging it i just stopped at a grocery store because i wanted to get a few things for the trip it was weird dude i felt like it was a glitch in the matrix okay yeah so wonderful people there it was it was interesting though so i walk in and the guy at the front door who has an employee shirt on he's like good morning and he looks at me like very very directly and i was like Instantly, I'm like, am I wearing pants? Am I like, did I forget? <laughs> like, is there something weird about me that may, like he just was very direct about like saying it to me? And I was like, oh, I'm just a chipper guy, right? Like he's in a good mood. So I would keep walking in. 
and I go and like, I'm looking at, you know how you look at your list and you're like, I know what's on the list. I know where it is, but I'm getting it in order so mm-hmm. I can do a one shot circle. I'm looking at the list and this other um, nice lady that's working at the counter. She's like, excuse me, sir. How are you? How are you doing? And I'm like, good. And she's like, you look lost. And I'm like, I'm just looking at my list. And she's like, oh. and she looks at me like, like questioning what I'm saying. And I'm like, I, I think I'm going to get it figured out. And she's like, okay. And I like, I'm like, what? Oh, you hit a glitch. So I walk that's around like the chil- corner. That's like children of the corn or something. I walk around the going. corner and I go down an aisle and there's a lady like <laughs> organizing the candles. I'm not even kidding. I walk, mm-hmm. I'm going past her. She's looking at a candle. She holds it out in front of my face for me to smell it without saying a word. And like, I'm walking past and like, and I'm just like, whoa. And I like smell it. And she's like, it's good, huh? Dude, I've seen too many movies. It's freaking me out. And it was kind of like, they were wonderful people. Like, I'm not complaining. It's just, it had this feeling of like, we've been waiting for you. You know what I mean? And it was like, I think, I think they just run a good outfit and they're like wanting to interact with people. They're friendly. But it was, it was like, I walked out of there seriously, like with my hair raised. It was, it was so... I don't know. It was interesting. Next time you drive through, that store is not going to be there. <laughs> it's like shut her down in 1986. It's like I'm this whole time I've been like in an experimental micro world that I'm Dude. just escaped from. I, I like know. it. All right. That's a good, but that's a good super story. random story. But I told my wife, that was the first thing I told her when I got home. I was like, Dude, that was a weird, I don't know. I love it. Should we wrap it on that? Yeah. Feels my like dogs are barking. All right. <laughs> Anyway, good, right. to see, good to see you, man. Likewise, man. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Sorry about the pause. Thanks, um, everybody. See you soon. Bye.